With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Thursday morning, the 6th of July, 2023. Daniel Pedro back in the chair. Creeping up towards the weekend, big day of sport, big night of sport with the cricket getting underway, rugby league, another round of the NRL. We'll talk about that. Some live sport going on at the moment featuring some Australians. We'll talk about that as well in just a second. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736 or before break. Breakfast for listeners in Sydney with Vossie and James Magnuson this morning. And for listeners in Queensland, it will be Pat and Heels to take you through the breakfast show. A busy show this morning for us. Chris Perkins in America will join us in about 15 minutes to give us the latest from America. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will be on the line in about half an hour to preview the third test at Headingley getting underway tonight. Of course, you'll hear it on SEN. Lots of rugby league news floating around as well, including the big news from the RLP yesterday so we'll get to all of that but want to hear from you on any topic this morning 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736 at two past five the hot topic thanks to rain built tough for aussie conditions when it comes to water heating ask your plumber to install a rain Except nothing less than Australia's best and installer ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Now, just before we get to uh, all the news of the day, and, is, and there is quite a bit of it, there is some live sport going on uh, in the UK at the moment in both tennis and also cricket at Wimbledon. Firstly, we'll start off uh, with this, and this is thanks to uh, Stan Sport. Wimbledon is now streaming on Stan Sport. Watch every match, ad-free, centre court and in 4K, and also the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.tennis. Alex Dimonor on court at the moment. He's lost the first set in a tiebreaker, 7-6. He's leading the second set, 3-1. Uh, so a set down, Alex D. Menor. Uh, of course, his match was delayed yesterday from rain and just on court now. Lost the first set, 7-6 in a tiebreaker. He's now 4-1 up, though, in the second set. And the Women's Ashes, another one-day international going on between England and Australia. Uh, England, off their, uh, off their 20 overs, got... Um, Nine for 186, so Australia requiring 187. Off four overs, Australia are none for 33, uh, so they need another 154 runs in no, uh, 96 balls to win. Australia at the moment, none for 33. We'll keep you across all of that. All right, to the news of the day at three and a half past five. Uh, and the big news coming out yesterday afternoon is this boycott uh, from the players. The RLPA will get to it. All over the course of the next few minutes. Firstly, NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo has hit back at the Players' Union for freezing out the media and, by extension, the fans as part of a protest that threatens to overshadow the final game of the State of Origin series. Now, Abdo was responding to the news that the RLPA would launch a media blackout from today 
after slow progress of talks over the collective bargaining agreement, said he was disappointed that players had opted to go down a path that would punish the game's most important stakeholders. So Abdo said uh, yesterday it was disappointing to listen to and hear the actions that the players and the RLPA are going to be taking because as far as we're concerned, they impact uh, on our customers and fans the most. The media are storytellers. The media take the game and the players to the fans. So a lockout of media access only punishes our partners, only punishes the fans. That is disappointing. The players are their heroes. This season has been fantastic. Everybody in the rugby league community has contributed to a spectacular season. Uh, who do fans connect with? Their heroes, their players. So it is disappointing any time we talk about restricting the access the fans have to hear uh, their heroes. Now, we know this has been going on for a long time, more than a year. And there's loggerhead trying to get the CBA sorted. Money no longer an issue. The NRL has offered the biggest pot of money in the game's history. More than $1.3 billion is due to be shared among the players over the next five years. The average salary is set to soar north of $400,000 and the minimum wage will rise as well, although the exact amount remains in dispute. The major issues now set around where the remainder of the money should be directed, who should have their hands on the purse strings and control over things such as retirement and injury hardship funds. The RLPA also wants more say in player image rights, access to information and agreement rights on matters that affect the players, including the prospect of playing more games. Clint Newton said over the past 20 months, we've seen a disturbing pattern of the behaviour from the NRL and the ARL Commission. Uh, what we have seen has been a failure to respect the role of the players, representative body, erosion of fundamental player rights and attempts to buy off players with outstanding this CBA is about so much more than money. Uh, it is an interesting one. Now, I remember all summer long, uh, I got back um, from my trip overseas at the very end of last year. And I reckon every second day we were talking about this, along with all the other sport that was going on across the summer. This was on the back page of papers all across New South Wales, all across Queensland. Um, I remember hearing from Clint Newton, Wade Graham, Christian Welsh, many others on the various SEN shows. Um, and it has gone quiet, and rightly so, since the, the season started and we've seen such great footy. But it seems to be back front and centre. So if you missed it, uh, the media boycott includes pre-match, no pre-match interviews. Uh, and this is for TV, radio, print, NRL.com. So no pre-match interviews, uh, no halftime interviews, no post-match interviews. No post-match press conference in terms of players. Uh, media opportunities in the dressing rooms gone. Media opportunities in mixing zones gone. Direct communication with media via a player's mobile phone or social media. Uh, if a player's team is not scheduled to play that day, the boycott is still in effect and includes external media opportunities organised by a player's club. Any direct communication from a media via a player's mobile phone or social media. Players will take part in media in media during the boycott if it is a club-owned media commitment and specifically for the development of the club-owned content and where a player has a current, pre-existing and individual agreement in place with a media outlet. From Monday to Wednesday each week, unless there is an origin match, then it will be Monday to Tuesday, then there will be no media boycott. Um, 
your thoughts. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And there's a lot to get through, and I won't have time to get through all of it uh, in the space of the next 50-odd minutes. Firstly, are you on the player side with this, or are you on the NRL side of this? I think we all want it sorted. I, I know before the season started, when I asked you this question, a lot of our texts said, they are on the NRL side of things. Does that still stay the same or has the tide turned a little bit? Are you on the player side? Everyone just wants surely a deal done because the one thing it does do is it does potentially or could potentially cause a major distraction, not just really thinking about origin, but also thinking about the run home to the finals and the finals if this is going on and continuing on behind the scenes. So who are you on your who whose side are you on? Are you on the NRL side? Are you on the player side? Uh, the purpose of uh, this player action, by the way, is to force a change to the failed CBA process and deliver three critical outcomes. I've said so: one, a complete draft collective bargaining agreement with terms covering all NRL and NRLW players, ready for ratification by NRL and NRLW players, and in the interim. Two, the NRL and the RLPA must commence meetings with an industrial relations mediator to work between both documents uh, and mediate an outcome on all issues. And finally, all NRL player benefits and support payments must return to pre-COVID levels agreed upon under the original CBA, 2018 to 2022. We will also be raising a formal dispute to challenge the NRL's decision. The player action is supported, obviously, by the RLPA board. So you're on the player's side. Are you on the NRL side? And also, and I know this may be explored more throughout the day, how bothered are you that you're not going to be able to hear from the players on game day? Pre-match, half-time, post-match. I saw a lot of stuff on social media yesterday with people saying they don't really care that they can't hear from the players. Are you bothered that you won't be able to hear from your favourite player on game day, whether it be on Channel 9, Fox League, here on SEN or other media outlets. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Player side, NRL side, and are you bothered about the strike action that they are taking? 1300 01 or 0457 736 736. Uh, we were talking about expansion yesterday, and I noticed an uh, article today in uh, some of the papers uh, talking about expansion and also bringing up the age-old story about moving or relocating a Sydney club. And we've spoken about this before on the show. A lot of people think it's a good idea to relocate a Sydney club to somewhere else instead of maybe an extra team. But when it comes down to it, if you're a fan of any of the Sydney clubs, I highly doubt you want to see your team moved. I would be interested to know if there is anyone, anyone at all listing early on this morning that wouldn't have a huge issue if it was for the betterment of the game to have your team moved. What do you reckon? Should we, re, should we be relocating a Sydney club or should we just be focusing on expansion? And we were talking about it at the end of the show yesterday. Is 20 teams too many by 2032? Are we going a bit too far? Should we stop at 18 for a little while once we get that 18th team? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 
1170, our open line number. Um, and finally, St. George Lawara for now is set to make a rich play to entice Gold Coast representative stars David Fafita and uh, Tino away for the Titans as tensions between the two clubs start to grow. The Dragons have made it clear they will target Fafita and Tino when they get through their origin commitments on Wednesday. The move shows incoming coach Shane Flanagan's intent to be aggressive in the player market as he tries to replicate the success he had during his time at Cronulla. It also adds to the growing angst between the Dragons and Titans as the Gold Coast looms as St. George's uh, Illawarra skipper's Ben Hunt's preferred destination next year. It is understood the Titans would be prepared to offer Hunt a three-year contract. Uh, while Hunt has had his request released from the Dragons denied, it has at the very least brought St. George Illawarra and Flanagan some time to prove the club is on the serious in proof. Flanagan remains confident he can show Hunt that the Dragons' time as cellar dwellers will be short-lived and in turn ensure Hunt sees out the final two years of his deal at the Dragons. And I'm sure if they could get for Fita and Tino, uh, that would be very good for Dragons, very good for Ben Hunt, very good for Shane Flanagan. We'll see how that all plays out. Australia has also been warned to expect hell uh, at Headingley tonight. We'll get on to that with um, Paul Dennett a little later on in the cricket in our cricket preview he'll be from the cricket unfiltered podcast so that's just some of the stuff on our agenda on this thursday morning are you on the player side uh, you are on the rlpa side clint newton by the way will be a special guest with maddie white this morning uh, after 9 a.m on the morning show but are you on the player side are you on the rlpa side are you on the nrl side and are you bothered you're not going to be able to hear from your favorite players on game day, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Relocation versus expansion. Would you expect? Would you like to see a Sydney club moved? It's all well and good saying you'd like to see a Sydney club moved, but what if it was your team? Would you support your team being moved for the betterment of the game? And how many teams do you think we should have by twenty thirty two? 17, 18, 19, or 20. Less or more than that as well. 0457 736 736. And also, of course, the NRL kicking off tonight. Uh, important game uh, tonight. And, of course, the cricket as well. Want your predictions. How is the cricket going to go? That's going to be must-watch, must-listen to, I reckon, tonight. And, of course, the West Tigers taking on the Cronulla Sharks. The Tigers, they had 74 points put on them last weekend. Your predictions for tonight in the NRL. Scoreline for tonight. Tigers and Cronulla. Closest to the mark, I'll find a prize for you tomorrow morning. And the cricket. Who wins this third test? one 1170 0457 736 736 to your text. And Chris Perkins in America shortly. It's coming up to quarter past five. Alex Dimonor has taken the second set against Copy Johns. So it is now a set all. Uh, he lost the first set 7-6, but has won the second set 6-3. Uh, so set all at Wimbledon for Alex Dimonor in his first round match. In the women's ashes, England made 186 off their 20 overs. Australia off 7.5 overs there. Two for 66. So lost a couple of wickets since we uh, last updated it. Uh, they need 121 runs in 73 balls. Australia lead the series one nil uh, at the moment. That's the 2020 series. Uh, and we'll keep you across both of those events and update you with more of Wimbledon later. Paul Dennett as well from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to join me in about 10 or so minutes to preview the third men's Ashes test that gets underway tonight. Uh, 
Chris Perkins in just a second, just a text beforehand, asking you this morning, are you on the RLPA side? Are you on the NRL side? Read this action that the players have taken. And are you bothered that you're not going to hear from the players on game day? This text, no uh, name on it, but ending in 970. Uh, Andrew Abdo is so out of touch with reality. Most NRL fans support the players and their fight to be paid fairly. Well, thank you for the text. Um, They're saying now, the RLPA themselves, that it's not really about the money anymore. Uh, It's about some of the other conditions. But, yes, I appreciate the text, and I understand a lot of people will be on the player side. Whose side are you on? NRL, RLPA side. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And are you bothered that you're not going to be able to hear from your players on game day? Uh, well, in, until this is all sorted out one way or another. Relocation versus expansion. Are you for a Sydney cl- club to be moved out of Sydney? And if so, who? Or would you prefer just to see expansion? I don't think a Sydney club is ever going to be relocated. Not in the near future anyway. So probably expansion, the better way to go. What do you reckon? And what is the right amount of teams? The NRL want 20 by 2032. What do you think would be the right amount of teams? And predictions for tonight. Firstly, in the cricket, who is going to win this third test? What are you expecting in this third test? I know the weather a bit dicey over the next few days. I think today and tomorrow, okay. But after that, uh, not that great over... At Headingley. So who is going to win that third test? And also the rugby league tonight after the Tigers got beaten 74-0 last week. They're up against the Sharks to kick off the round tonight. A shortened round because of origin tonight. Who wins? What's the scoreline? Closest to the mark, I'll find a prize for you tomorrow. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 at 22 past 5. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And on the line once again is Chris Perkins. Chris, good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Happy Thursday. Yes, happy. Third test starts, uh, third test starts in a few hours, and ooh, it's going to be spicy. I think it is. The Australians have been warned uh, to expect hell at Headingley tonight uh, in the third test. We'll talk about it more with Paul Dennett. It is going to be very, very interesting the next couple, well, the next five days of cricket, but I think indeed the next couple of days, especially. I know you'll be listening to it on SEN, Chris. You're a big SEN fan. You'll be listening right across the night as you make your way across America. Where do we find you this morning just before we get stuck into the sport? Southeastern Virginia, pretty close to the North Carolina border. I'm getting to run the East Coast right now. Very, very nice. Now, one of the favorite things I, we get to do each week, and in fact, I'm getting a double dose of it at the moment because you mentioned it on a Monday. Another MLS update. What has happened, Chris? Yeah, we had Independence Day uh, yeah. yesterday. We had Independence Day MLS soccer, and we had history in Major League Soccer last night out in Los Angeles. The largest crowd ever to watch a standalone MLS game last night at the Rose Bowl in L.A. It was the 20th edition of the derby known as El Trafico between L.A. Galaxy and LAFC, the two Los Angeles-based teams. Uh, They put it at the Rose Bowl. It was originally supposed to be uh, played opening weekend, but it got rained out. Storms were battering Southern California back in uh, February, back in February, March. Uh, when this game was supposed to happen, and it got pushed back to the 4th of July. 
turned out great. The weather was perfect. It was a Chamber of Commerce night out there. And a shock result as L.A. Galaxy, who has struggled the first half of the season, Mm. pulled off a 2-1 win over the defending MLS Cup champions uh, in LAFC. Big result. Got the winner. uh, Pugh got the game winner in the 73rd minute in a 2-1 final. The attendance last night, 82,000. 110 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Uh, broke the record set by uh, uh, Charlotte in their first ever game, first game, their first ever game last season uh, at Bank of America Stadium at 74,000 in change for that game. So uh, a, a record-setting performance and a shock result. Uh, elsewhere in MLS, uh, a couple of other shock, another shock results. Inter Miami, Leo Messi's soon-to-be team. Had a 2-2 draw with Columbus last night on a 90th-minute equalizer. Uh, Got to go check the video of this of, of this equalizer for Inter Miami. It was a cross into the box and a scissor kick on scissor. a volley uh, into the top of the net. It was a it was an absolute. It, I can't give them. I can't call it a full bicycle kick. It was a side volley. It oh. was a side volley scissor kick. It was a beauty of a goal. For, for the equalizer. Uh, Toronto FC, uh, their horrible season continues. They lost 4-0 at Orlando. Doesn't get any easier because they go home to play Saturday night against the top team in the Western Conference in St. Louis City. And good uh, luck to them. Your Not favorite really. team. Your team, Chris. Yes. My team. Your team. My team. Yeah. We're going go to we're gonna go to Toronto, and we are not going to be very friendly to the neighbors of the north. You should uh, make a stop in at Toronto, uh, Chris, and uh, what's the game? Uh, I would love to. I would love to, but uh, I've got other places to be this weekend. That, that is very, very understandable. Now, yesterday, uh, well, a couple of days ago for you, uh, the hot dog eating competition, which uh, has featured on the TV here as well in the news over the past 24 hours. Uh, a very interesting event. Uh, I believe Joey Chestnut won yet again. Uh, yes, his eighth straight mustard belt. That is the uh, that is the championship trophy. You get a championship belt that is mustard yellow. That's the color of it. Uh, it was the Nathan's uh, famous hot dog eating contest uh, at uh, their stand on the corner of Surf and Stillwell on Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York, uh, New York City. Uh, they had a rain delay because it's an outdoor event, and a massive storm came through right around right around noon when the event was supposed to happen. Uh, they delayed it, pushed it back a couple of hours, let the storms clear. Massive crowd as always. It's an Independence Day tradition over here. Go figure. A bunch of Americans having a tradition of revolving mm. around eating, eating bad food. Go figure. Unheard of. But, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah sh- I am shocked and appalled, right? Yeah. Uh, sure but uh, Joey Chestnut uh, won his... Yeah, he won his eighth straight title. How about this for domination? You mm. think Rafa Nadal at Roland Garros is dominant? <laughs> he is a lightweight compared to Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut has won 16 of the last 17 hot dog contests at Nathan's in Coney Island. That, that, is, that is pure uh, domination. He won by double digits. Here's the number. Mm. In 10 minutes, mm. Joey Chestnut consumed... 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes to run away with his 16th title 
at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Interestingly enough, not even close to his record. And uh, if you had the under on Joey Chestnut, you cashed that ticket. His over-under was at 73 and a half. As always, please gamble responsibly. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, just out of interest, Chris, uh, how many hot dogs yes. do you think you could eat in 10 minutes? <laughs> in 10 minutes, uh, not even close to these guys. Now, I'm a big guy, mm. but it seems like the competitive eaters, the, the, world, the, the, the world-class competitive eaters, they're a bunch of skinny minis, <laughs> all right? They're stick figures. Mm. I don't know where they put this. I'm a huge guy. I should be able to put away hot dogs. I've actually been to that stand a couple of times on Coney Island. Oh, by the way, great place to go. You want to go to the beach in the summertime, Coney Island, Nathan's Famous, Great, great place to go. But I've been there a couple of times. I prefer chili cheese dog. Mm. I could do about three of them with a side of fries. Yeah, three. Nowhere of... near sixty-two. No, uh, no, I would, I would agree with that, and I support what you're saying a hundred percent. All right, uh, now NRL tips. Your very important NRL tips. I think you got five from eight yeah. last weekend, so above um, average. And of course, we'll have a more extensive preview with uh, Charlie Goodsir tomorrow morning. However, let's go through them. Only five games this weekend, Chris. So uh, we'll see how you go. Begins tonight. Now the West Tigers taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, the West are back at the bottom. Haven't they moved off the bottom of the ladder for a couple of weeks? Uh, they had. Uh, however, they did lose 74-0 uh, to the Cowboys last weekend. Ow. Mm. I, couldn't the Cowboys – the Cowboys apparently did not call off the dogs. No. 74 no. Yes. I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take Cronulla in this one. I think that's probably wise. But who knows? Who knows? They could bounce back. Uh, St. George, Illawarra Dragons, Canberra Raiders. Raider, Dragons and Raiders. I am going to take. I'm going to take the Raiders. So this you're one. going to go the Raiders, okay? Uh, and then Saturday, the Parramatta Eels or the New Zealand Warriors. Ooh, six versus eight. That's a, uh, Parramatta hosting that one. Yeah, Parramatta hosting it. Yep. Yeah, I am going to. I'm going to go Parramatta. You're going to go the Eels. Okay. Uh, the home team. South Sydney Rabbitohs or the Bulldogs? I'll take the Rabbitohs. South and the final game, which will be on Sunday, the Gold Coast Titans or the Dolphins? Ooh. Titans and Dolphins. 10 feet 12, fighting for spots in the finals. Ah. I'm going to take Gold Coast. Gold Coast. All right. Okay. They are your all-important tips. Hope everyone has written those down. Chris, great stuff. We will chat to you on Monday. I'm sure we'll have a lot to wrap up. Have a good weekend. Sounds good. You too. Chris Perkins on the line from America. And also, by the way, just talking uh, to Chris, uh, Yeovil Treminus texts in uh, saying, not sure whether Chris has any observations to share about the Women's US Golf Open that starts tonight at the iconic Pebble Beach Golf Course. We're watching the fortunes of the Aussie contingent. We will wrap that up with Chris Yeovil Treman on a Monday morning. Thank you for that text. Keep them coming in, 0457 736 736. Are you on the player side? Are you on the NRL side? Are you bothered? Do you care? that you're not going to hear from the players on game day, the halftime interview, the pre-match interview, post-match interview. Do you care? Do you not care? And whose side are you on? Clint Newton will be on with Matty White this morning. Uh, also today, relocation versus expansion. Would you like to see a Sydney team moved out of Sydney 
And how many teams is the right number when we get to 2032? The NRL want 20 teams. How many teams do you think should be in the competition? Plus, your predictions for tonight in the NRL with the Tigers taking on the Sharks. Can the Tigers bounce back from that 74-0 loss? Closest to the mark winner prize tomorrow morning. Plus, uh, also, the cricket. How are you feeling about it? Do you think Australia will wrap up the series? Speaking of, we're going to speak to Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast on the other side of this. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. And just a sec, just a couple of texts before that. This from Andy. Clint Newton uh, now doing stuff to justify his job. Well, he will be on with Matty White uh, this morning after 9am. So uh, we'll hear from him. You're on the players' side. You're on the RLPA side. Are you bothered that you're not going to be able to hear from the players uh, on game day. And also about relocation versus expansion. This from Tiger Davo. Hi, Dan. I'm the most passionate Tigers supporter, but send us west to Perth. Western Tigers. Um, and hopefully that would mean a change at the top. We need a change. But that's a story for another day. Tiger Davo. Well, thank you. So you would support. Uh, that's that's good. I asked if there was anyone that would support their team moving, and I got an answer. 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Predictions on the game tonight uh, between the Tigers and the Sharks, and how is the cricket going to go in the tennis? Uh, a set all between uh, Demonor and Cobbergens. Uh, it is two all in the second set. And in the women's Ashes, England made nine for 186. Off 12.2 overs, Australia struggling a little. They are five for 96. Needs a further 91 runs in 40 six balls. So Australia struggling a little in that match against England. All right, let's keep talking crickets. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And on the line is Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very, very well. Have you caught up on any sleep? Uh, I know I've got you up early at 22 minutes to six. I'm going to say probably the answer is no. Well, I got up early this morning. I'll go to bed late tonight and the next five nights. Um, I'm very excited. I'm a bit tired, but uh, I'll tell you what. Going into this series, everyone was questioning the relevance of uh, Test cricket. Well, after two Test matches, we've got the Prime Ministers of both countries mm. um, sledging each other. Something we probably haven't seen since the Bodyline series. So um, on that score, it's pretty cool. Let's actually talk about uh, the fallout. Before we get to the preview of this third test, let's start where uh, we sort of left off uh, when we spoke the other morning about the Johnny Bairstow incident. A lot more has come of it, as you mentioned. Prime Ministers of both countries weighing in on it. Uh, We've heard from Travis Head. We've heard from, we feel like we've heard from the whole world on uh, this. What have you made of the fallout since it took place just over 72 hours ago? I've never seen anything like it as far as cricket is concerned. And um, it does largely, not completely, but largely seem to have fallen along national lines. That You read some of the stuff in England and Australia has done the worst things uh, imaginable. And that the booing that they're going to get at at Headingley, according to the English, is is probably going to be totally justified. And then um, the Australian side. And also, to be fair, a lot of the ex-English captains have come down and said, no, um, Australia did absolutely nothing wrong. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I don't think Australia's, the Australians need to be uh, castigated in the way that a lot of the English are. I still can't hide my initial feeling. Even though I want to, I want to just fall totally parochially and say, nah, um, it was absolutely fine. I still look at it and think, oh, I kind of wish they had called him back because it just he wasn't trying to gain anything from it. Um, it was just a bit, a bit lazy and a bit dozy from him. So it would have been nice to have him called back. But I understand the others saying, well, wait a minute, there's plenty of instances of England doing uh, less than perfect things in the past. So who are they to be looking down their noses at us? And so 
certainly I think it's going to be um, one of the most watched first sessions of play in a long time. Um, and so I suppose in that respect, in that respect, it is very good for the game. Now, I uh, saw an article this morning uh, that Australia sh- have been warned to expect a feral reception uh, at Headingley tonight. Um, what do you think the crowd reaction is going to be? Obviously, this test spans five, well, may well span five days, and we'll get to your preview of it in a moment. But I would think this morning, well, tonight, this morning, over in the UK, it is going to be very interesting to watch the scenes at Henningley. Oh, I think it's going to be one of the, uh, may well be the most lively atmosphere at a cricket game you could ever see. Uh, it'd be like I don't think there's any parallel for it in Australian sport. Maybe uh, a state of origin crowd at Lang, Lang Park mm. if, the, if the New South Wales fans had cut down the Wally Lewis statue just a few <laughs> minutes before game. Um, the, 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 the crowds in England will... They've got that sort of... Uh, from their soccer-watching chanting days, they just mm. go in unison, and the noise just goes to a level that you didn't think that you could actually hear. And I was there in 2019, the mm. first day at Edgbaston, and the booing just sort of echoed back and forth and reverberated. And you think, oh, my God, this is, um, this is very different. We, we like to think that we have a you know, fairly vibrant sporting culture, but this is nothing like I've seen in Australia. So uh, I know, uh, I think Jaleesa Apps is going to be on your show yep. um, tomorrow. She's, she's going to be there on day one, and I reckon she's in for a, um, a day that she will never forget. I, I think it'll be uh, absolutely amazing, but it probably will be somewhat intimidating and also... Uh, it will get the patriotic juices um, juices rolling, I reckon. I think plenty of Aussies would be very, very happy to see um, uh, the Australians belt England on day one. Having spent some time in the UK, um, and, and I think one of the things we love about uh, English sport is the fact that the crowds are so loud. It's so different. The atmosphere is so different to what we get in the sports here in Australia most of the time. So... Yes, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a very special day to be there. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to uh, see what happens. I'll ask you about Jalisa in, Jalisa in a second. Before that, though, uh, the preview. How do you think it's going to go? Because you did, and everyone thing gets everyone gets things wrong. But you did predict England to win the uh, second test. You weren't that far <laughs> off the mark, to be fair. Ben Stokes almost proved you right. Uh, this is now do or die for them. They need to win all three tests to uh, regain the Ashes. Do you see them being up for this match? They've made a few changes to their squad as well. Do or die, do you see them changing the way they play or do you think they're just going to go all out for it? I think they're going to play largely similarly. I think they'll probably aim to be a little bit smarter at certain times, but they let Australia off the hook in that test match. And everyone keeps on talking about it, but Australia, having made just over 400, England's one for 180 with Nathan Lyon unable to bowl. Mm. From that point, really should have done better than they actually did. But... You know, England, with an hour to go in both test matches, were comfortably on top. We could easily be standing here talking about England leading 2-0 and what is it that Australia's done wrong. Things do turn on fine margins. I think there's every chance that England could still win this test. It's very, very difficult to see them winning the Ashes now, though, because Australia only has to draw one game to to retain them. So it's not impossible, but very hard to see. They have gone in with um, Moeen Ali's back. So I don't know. I mean, these fingers... Uh, recover, but you'd, you'd think, geez, if he's going to bowl a, a large number of overs, maybe it's starting to callous and we'll be okay. Um, but Ollie Pope is out, and they've kind of not really um, replaced him with a like for like. So it's almost like Moe and Ali has gone in uh, for Ollie Pope. I think they've done two good things. They've brought in Mark Wood, who is the, <clears throat> the fastest bowler probably on both sides and a pretty terrifying prospect. And Chris Wokes, who uh, has a phenomenal record in England. I don't know why they didn't play him at Lords. He averages 60 with the bat and 11 with the ball at Lords. Mm. But he's a, a good player. 
strengthens their tail a little bit as well. So um, I think it's a 50-50 call. Certainly England could win it, but I can't see them winning the Ashes. Yeah, yeah and I, I was sort of surprised to see uh, Josh Tung dropped as well because he did cause issues mm. for the Australian batsmen in the second test at Lord's. Good point. I, I would have dropped Ollie Robinson just on the shot he played in the second innings alone. But, uh, <laughs> after Stokes and um, Broad, and Broad had you know, really taken some punishment uh, in that crazy atmosphere, and then um, Robinson walks out and swats at his second or third ball and gets out caught. Um, he has looked, he's been very disappointing. I thought he'd be the, the bowler of the series. He hasn't proved to be that. I agree with you that I would have kept tongue. I thought he looked very impressive. I read somewhere that they're talking about um, you know, keeping tongue for, for the next test so that at least have um, one uh, extra fast bowler available for the fourth test. And obviously, there might not be any relevance to that. If they don't win this, then mm. it's kind of no point. And just before I get your tip, a little talk about Josh, Josh Hazelwood potentially being rested as well. Yes, I think that there's probably a degree of just um, preventative uh, medicine being applied there that having been somewhat injury prone in the last couple of years after just before that have not been much injury prone. I think there's a feeling that maybe back to back tests, it would be a great pity if he got injured early on. Uh, and Boland, I think everyone thinks was a bit unfairly dropped in that after that, after one bad test match. So mm-hmm. it'd be very, very good to see him coming back into, into the side. Although the pitch over there is a bit um, bizarre. It can flatten out quite easily. There's been a lot of big scores in the County championship so far. It looked very green, didn't it, uh, yesterday when there were pictures revealed. All right, your tip. Who's going to win and how many days does it last? I know there is some rain forecast for uh, some of the five days, which may affect this test match, but how do you see it going? Yeah, I've been looking at the forecast every day. It changes every day over there. So, well, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I went to bed yeah. with uh, day three looking fine. I, I wake up now, day three forecast to be rained off in its mm-hmm. entirety. <laughs> By the time we get there, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, look, I'm going to double down on it. I said England four days last time. I'll say England four days again this time. I'll probably be wrong. All right, you're going England. It is interesting. You mentioned the weather forecast changing so quickly. I was over there at the back end of last year and uh, spent some time in Leeds. um, And we were going there. And it kept saying it was going to snow, it was going to snow, it was going to snow. Then it changed that it wouldn't snow. Then it was going to snow. And I was just waiting (laughs) uh, at the pub, waiting for it to snow. And it got to about 10 p.m. and it didn't snow. And it's very, very disappointing, actually. So I don't know. I wouldn't trust the weather forecasters 100% over there. Now, just quickly, speaking of being over there in the UK, and you are right, Jaleesa Apps will be on the show tomorrow, all being well. I mean, uh, it is going to be after, what, eight hours to the cricket. So we'll see what stage she's in. But I'm sure she'll uh, be fine. I was having a chat with her last night. She was doing a tour of, well, not tour, but she's going across Leeds, Liverpool and York today, which made me very, very jealous. Does it make you a bit jealous? of her that she'll be heading in about 12 or so hours time for day one of this exciting test match enormously especially because i had intended to be there oh. and circumstances didn't work out so i'm very happy for her i'm slightly uh, more, more than slightly jealous um I, I remember when australia lost there four years ago and they uh, interviewed an aussie who'd been in the crowd mm. and he was a bit drunk but he still was very you know putting his words together okay and they sort of said oh you know was it a good day and he, and he said Mate, I'll never forget today. And he had this sort of real weariness in his voice. I have seen, seen things I've never seen before. The atmosphere was just indescribable. And um, if Jaleesa's going to get anything like that, which she might even get something better than, then, mm. yeah, it's going to be a, a lifelong memory, as I said.
Well, we'll talk to her tomorrow morning. She's always usually upbeat, so I'm sure she'll be fine. Uh, hopefully. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow morning. Could be an interesting cross. We are interrupting her holiday, so uh, it is nice of her to do that. Uh, Paul, great stuff, mate. We will chat again next week, and we'll find out what has happened and whether Australia is taking the Ashes or we're going into another game after England. Uh, obviously, we'll be going into another game no matter what, but maybe another game with England. Still a chance in this Ashes series. Thank you, mate. Enjoy the test and try and get a bit of sleep around all of it. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, of course, does that with Jaleesa Apps and also uh, Andrew Mensel. Um, great stuff as always. And yes, tomorrow morning, right off the top of the show, uh, the alarm has been set. Uh, Jaleesa said she sent an alarm uh, to speak to me, uh, which is slightly weird considering it'll be 8 p.m. Maybe just a reminder. Uh, we'll chat to her. She'll be at Headingley and we'll uh, also, of course, review uh, day one of the test and also hear from our commentary team. And you will hear all the action on SEN uh, from tonight, the third test starting at Headingley. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. There are some texts there. I'll get to them after the break. It is coming up to 10 and a half to 6. Uh, updating you on some live sport happening at the moment at Wimbledon. Alex Dimonor up 4-3 in the third set against Cooper Johns. Uh, he lost the first set 7-6, won the second set 6-3. It's 4-3. Uh, Dimonor with the break, it looks like, in that third set 4-3. Well, hasn't been a great day for Australians. Darius Seville, Alexi Popper and Jordan Thompson uh, going down. Jordan Thompson uh, going down uh, to Novak Djokovic. So let's hope Alec, uh, Alex Dimonor can get a win. Uh, in the cricket, Australia struggling a little. England 9 for 186 off their 20 overs. Australia off 16 overs at the moment. 6 for 127 in the uh, women's match there, the 2020 match. So we'll see what happens. They need 60 runs from 24 balls. Looking fairly unlikely. Some texts. Uh, Yeovil Treeman, Sharks 25. Uh, Tigers 18. He expects it to be close. Uh, Tim from the Central Coast. Here we go. Tigers 24-20. Tim tipping the Tigers. We'll see what happens there. Dave from the Goldie says, uh, Sharks 32-16. Also don't really care what the players have to say. Now, Steve the Colleton Bulldog says, Morning, Dan. Sharks 42, Tigers 12. Cheers, Steve the Colleton Bulldog. This from Junior Smithy. Morning, Dan. On the stance by the RLPA. Sorry, but they are so out of touch with reality. The whole salary cap and transfer system uh, needs to be blown up. But uh, they are holding up changes that need to happen. Plus, on expansion, we need to be looking at creating a national second division. That way, any new expansion teams have time to build their franchise without the pressure of the NRL and give these side five years to be ready for promotion and relegation. Morning, Dan. Couldn't care less about the players, but spewing about less Danica Mason uh, interviews. Thank you, uh, Danica, doing a great job at Channel 9, of course. Uh, thank you, Andy. And this one, less of the players and their faces all over the media for me. Adds more mystery to the weekend games. I couldn't care less if I didn't see them at half time and post-match interviews. Thank you from John. Thanks for your company today. Uh, Michael Vaughan, a special guest with Pat and Heels. Wally the Stats Man, Michael Carianis, Robbie Slater with Vossie and James Magnuson. Clint Newton on with Matty White after 9am. See you tomorrow.